everybody and welcome to this week's um, character profile bonus podcast. We've got two weeks in a row we've got character profiles. It's been like months since we've done one and now we've got two in a row um, because it is time to chat about James Bailey, Gemma. Oh yes. Oh great. James Bailey, everybody's favourite character, who's no longer with us, no longer on the show. He's still alive. He only had a little heart heart thing a couple of months ago. No, weeks ago, sorry. But um, he is now no longer a member of the cast on Coronation Street, so we thought it'd be kind of better give him some kind of send-off, hadn't we? Yeah. Only one like... James Bailey. Like that. Oh dear. We're going to talk about him for the next hour or so, and if you think we can't talk about a character like James for an hour, you don't know us very well, because we've got plenty to jabber on about. Do we have to talk about it for an hour? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, don't, no, no, no. Don't press the pause button, everybody. If you think that this might not be the most exciting of character profiles, maybe try turning it into a drinking game, like, um, take a shot every time we mention football, race, homosexuality. And that, and that was, you'd just be drinking all the way through, basically, because that kind well, of summed up James's right. character, didn't it? Yeah. He was a bit of an issues character, and uh, so we'll we'll see if there's anything else to to say apart from that. Gemma, yes, tell us about James. What's his stats? I'm starting to feel like James is being bullied here, and I'm I'm going to get defensive. No, right, okay. Well, let's let's start with a clean slate, and um, let's see if we nil, still nil. hate him at the end of the show. Let, I don't hate James. I don't hate James. I know, he's just one of the best just, characters. He's not... Okay. His parents <laughs> were Ed and Aggie Bailey, and he has two siblings, Michael and Diana, who? a.k.a. Dee Dee <laughs> Bailey. And uh, I love the fact that we actually got to see who Dee Dee was before James Yes, left. they got about two episodes in the day before yeah. it was like, oh, this place isn't big enough for more than this many Baileys. I'm out First appearance, 22nd of May, 2019. Last appearance... 3rd October 2022, he was in 178 episodes and he was played by Nathan Graham. 178 episodes. It's not many, is it? I think Kelly Nealon managed a few more than that. But um, he certainly, you know, he, he had stuff to do. There, there, yeah, because he was a very much an issue story, I think when he was, you know, in the forefront in Coronation Street, it did actually bring about some quite... Um, Useful and interesting debate among the Coronation Street fans and on our podcast well, as well. So I just want to say, like, for all that we make fun of, of James as a fairly dull character, he really did have some very big and important moments. And he, he did, he really did. He certainly helped uh, educate me about things I had no idea about. I didn't realise there was such a massive problem in football. No, um, I didn't. With uh, gay players not being able to come out. Um, I, I'm, I, I liked even his exit storyline had a, you know, a bit of... Um, Bit of drama, bit with the old heart attack and, and everything. Uh, raising awareness of, of, of heart problems. Yeah. So, um, and so also, James Bailey, he's just, not as bad as you think. Just to reiterate too, that his and uh, his boyfriend, Danny, Danny's kiss oh, Danny boy. was the first kiss that they had after COVID. It was, exactly, exactly. So it, I, I, I think that he was given moments that the character didn't deserve. Um, because of how boring everyone found him, but it's it's kind of baffling to me how how he ended up. He kind like of this. <laughs> it kind of feels to me like James when he was brought in. They said, "Well, we're going to make him do this, 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 and this," and kind of plotted out the next yeah. couple of years for him. But then they didn't think about filling in the gaps yeah, because probably. he'd be in it for like a week that or two true. and then disappear again or be in the background he for another really couple of months. He was a very issues-driven character and perhaps this is a testament to the fact that they didn't give him a personality really and I'm sorry, but he, he you know, what is his personality? Okay, footballer. Back. I don't think that that's a personality. That's that's the problem. He didn't isn't even it? have a birthday, the, did he? He, he didn't. Was... He, no, he didn't have a birthday. He was in the show for four years. Um, although he he was like ten years um younger than Nathan Graham. Um, it's weird because I remember when um Hang Nathan on, and my the character the character is ten years, ten years younger than the actor playing him is. So he is ten years older than his character. Hang on, what? So Nathan Graham's two years older than us? Something like that. What? You, oh no no no! No okay, no that's sorry, not okay. Okay, no, 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 right, no no no. So no he's. I understand now. Yes, Nathan, Nathan was born was in nineteen ninety. Yeah, so he's seven so eight years older. James than us. was born in two thousand. Yeah, ish. James was born in two thousand or so. So, uh, but it was always funny because Ryan Russell, who plays Michael, who's supposed to be the older sibling, is actually younger than. Nathan Graham. <laughs> so Can't like... keep track of it. Um, anyway, so a um, little bit of background to um, Nathan. He studied at the musical theatre at Bird College. 
I thought there was only only like women into that college. I don't, I don't understand this. And he's appeared on stage, or he had before Coronation Street, in tons of musicals. And I didn't even realise this properly until I was doing the research for this. Peter's got a proper musical background. He was in Dreamgirls. He was in Miss Saigon. He was in 20th Century Boy and Loserville. So he really did like a good musical. And it'd be interesting to see whether that's kind of the, the way that he goes back to afterwards. The only other screen credit that he had before being on Coronation Street was playing the um, the titular Bus Stop Romeo in the, uh, in the 2018 short film. Um, I haven't seen it, but you can see pictures of it on IMDb. And so Coronation Street was really his breakout role. Um, and I, I am actually really interested to see whether he stays in TV or whether he goes back to theatre or does something role. else. Well, I'd be really, I'd be really interested um, just to see, you know, what what his range is. I'd quite like to watch that Bus Stop Romeo. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what, what else he's got in him because yeah, I, I don't think James, hopefully um, for him, is going to end up being his... Um, yeah, his crowning achievement as an actor. Who knows? Here's a fun fact, Gemma. There are actually lots of other famous James Baileys. And I thought that when Coronation Street named characters, they had to, like, check to see that it wouldn't be conflicting with any no, real-life people. No, but I think it's to do with not ordinary people who, who might be brought into disrepute. Well, do you, yeah, I'll guess who, maybe. Who live in Manchester. And I don't think they care about anybody in who isn't in... in yeah, because there Cause was they, a Pat Phelan, wasn't there, in Manchester, we, we found out about. There wasn't a Pat about. Phelan. No, sorry, there, what was his original name? Something like Frank or, I don't know. Something, oh, yeah, there was going to be remember. something different, and then they looked, and there was already somebody called that who lived in Manchester, so they yeah. renamed him to something different. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So I, I don't think that they're, you know, if, if they just could only ever come up with a completely original names, <laughs> then <laughs> Dee Dee wouldn't be the weirdest name in the Bailey family, is all I'm going to say. Well, there, there, there is one other James that's actually a footballer. He played, he's played for various teams, including Coventry. So from my, my home turf. You love that. And uh, all, most recently he played for Yeovil Town. Now the, the similarities get weirdly similar because he suffered a knee injury in 2017 and our James Bailey suffered a knee injury as well, didn't he? But can he? I just say, this isn't like a spooky coincidence, is it? Why? Because this all happened before... James yeah, yeah, it did. The actual James Bailey, the real-life James Bailey, hurt his knee first and then in um, 20... No, I haven't got a date for this. But recently, let's say, he um, had his contract terminated on medical grounds. And that's just really funny to me that the James Bailey in the show had a knee injury. And then he had his, well, he had a heart injury after that. Well, injury, a heart, heart injury. Condition. Yep. And then he had his term, uh, contract terminated. Other James Baileys on Wikipedia include, and there's a load of sportsmen as well. There's a basketball playing James Bailey. There's a darts playing James Bailey. Rugby and hockey. This is like the most common name in the world. Also, I Jen, like it. It's a nice name. It, is, it does sound nice. It's got a nice ring to it. Mm. Um, there is a James Bailey who was the pioneer of metabolic engineering. There are three politicians called James Bailey, I think across the UK and the US and the co-founder of Barnum and Bailey Circus was James Bailey oh, James as well. James Bailey Barnum? No. <laughs> also, the CEO of Waitrose is called uh, James Bailey. The actual Waitrose, what we got our online shopping from. We don't get our shopping from Waitrose. Don't we? No. Oh, we used to, didn't we? No. Oh, I don't know what I'm talking You're about. confusing Ocado with Waitrose. I thought they were the same kind of thing. No, Waitrose no. used to own 50% of Ocado and then they sold it to Marks and Spencer. Oh, there we go, there we go. I, I bow to your superior <laughs> knowledge. So many, many James Baileys, but we're not going to be talking about them. We're talking about Coronation Street, James Bailey. And I remember very, very well when the casting of the Bailey Failey... Whoa, oh my God, slip of the tongue. Bailey family <laughs> <laughs> was announced on the 6th of April 2019 because, God, Coronation Street, didn't they have to make a song and dance out of this it's, family, didn't they, well, coming can in? can I just say, it's always exciting when a new family comes along. And when was the last time we had a new family? Yeah, well, very rare, exactly. Just the Baileys, the, mm. the newest family on Coronation Street. They don't, very often these days, bring in whole... You know, a whole clumps group. of people do they normally there's no house for anybody to move into yeah so I, I you know I, I'm I'm interested it, I think that although people make fun of the Baileys because they feel very separate from the rest of um, Corey and some people will say that they're not very interesting even though <laughs> I think they are um, they, they're actually not an unsuccessful new family as far as that 
that goes. No. Because quite often you'll Corey will bring in a new family, and you know, two years later, they're all dead or something. Well, yeah, quite. I mean, if you if you think about Hamley's, like you know, the Harris family or the um, yeah, that's the one, or, obviously. Yeah, or the or the Nelsons or yeah. the, the whatever. Was that the same family? The uh, white, 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 chalky white, the white, oh, yeah, yeah, white yeah, exactly. Um, so the Baileys are still going four years yeah. later. But anyway, um, well, we said when they came in, we were kind of wondering about who was going to be the first Bailey to go, and we were both like agreed straight away that Ed Bailey would be the first one to go. And this is before we'd even seen Did them we? on screen. Yeah, we were like, oh yeah, Ed Bailey, he's gone. But no, he's, he's still he's going. Still he's, he's still there. James Bailey was the first out. And the first in, because he was the first one that we saw as well. But, and um, he was also the first out. Yes, he was the first out as well, in both, in two ways. Um, so the press release um, back in April 2019 said that James was Edison's pride and joy. It's interesting, I think that they were calling him Edison a little bit more back when they announced the family than now, because he's never Edison now, is he? Anyway, a truly talented footballer already playing for Weatherfield County. He's good looking, but more brooding than Michael and can need coaxing out of his shell. He said... <laughs> I just want to say that brooding and boring shouldn't be synonyms. I, I, yeah, I don't think that brooding is the best way uh, to describe James. He's more boring the... than Michael. <laughs> yeah. He's as dedicated to his dreams as Michael is to his, but more quiet, modest and hardworking. And I'd boring. agree with that. James is living with the secret he's scared to share. How will his family and teammates react when they find out that James is gay? <laughs> mm, well, um, oh. Ian McLeod at the time, do you, want, do you want to do this one? He said, well, he just said James is Michael's younger brother and best mate. He was a sensitive lad with a secret that he fears will throw his family into turmoil and impact on his career. See, just from these quotes, it's like, yeah, that's where they went with James and they didn't go much else, did they? Well, I want to say things like sensitive and coaxing and shy and secretive. These are all things that you have to work very hard to make a sympathetic character out of. And it's not impossible, but you certainly can't let him sort of flounder on his own for everybody to just you know, oh, I, I like him because he's brooding. It doesn't work like that at all. Mm. It's it's a very difficult character to make um, people like in a in a show like a soap, yeah. where everybody has to be very social and interact with yeah, each exactly. other for you to and you know, there's no monologues, there's no internal dialogue, there's no dear diary kind of bits. It, it's mm. you only learn about a character from how they interact with other people on the soap and if you're going to come out the gate with somebody who's shy and secretive it's no wonder that you've yeah. got yeah that's a really good point anyway so um um, Nathan, Nathan Graham. Graham of James back at the time said James is the youngest sorry repeating ourselves here but it's, it's, it's different yeah, people on. saying it James is the youngest member of the family he's part of the youth football team at Weatherfield County he's very determined and driven to achieving his dreams he wants to become a better footballer and maybe move to a better team who knows James is the apple of his father's eye his dad is almost living his life through James his dad wanted to achieve certain things but James is the one who's doing what Ed wanted to do when he was growing up Ed didn't take that path himself so James is the golden child in his eyes yeah and i did read somewhere else about uh, on on this press release um that ed had wanted to be a footballer but how much did we get he wasn't good enough how much did we really get that from i don't think we got very much of it at all no but it's, it's, it's still interesting to me to to find out as yeah, well i know but we kind of pondered at the time because I was looking back at the notes that we made back then about whether we'd see some scenes at the football club this is all before he came on and we did didn't we we've seen a few scenes over <laughs> at Reddy County definitely yeah great one um, we, did, we wondered whether we'd see more of Tommy Orpington and we did yeah a little bit of Tommy O we wondered whether he might have girls swooning, swooning over him when he arrived um, uh, which I don't, I don't think remember. they really did did they I there mean, aren't he certainly... many girls his age no I mean he, as we find we'll find out later we'll remember later he, he certainly had a bit of a thing with Bethany for a bit yeah who's, who's um, there eh like Alia well people Daisy. I think Emma I think he there, there might have been like he might have oh, had a date yeah. with Emma as well at one point just to try and cover for the fact who, that he was who gay was the, okay we'll get to it yeah um, but we also wondered whether he might be a potential love interest for Paul and that certainly didn't happen. I can't right. even think whether, you know, those two ever had a scene or anything together. But I suppose it was kind of refreshing that we that they didn't because there's the risk that if they ever bring in a gay character into the street, it's like, well, there's only one way that they can go then because there are so few for them to pair up with. But yeah, we didn't not, didn't yeah. have didn't have um James with Paul, with Todd, with Billy. There's kind of a nobody really, did he, apart until Danny uh, turning up. So anyway, um 
it seemed from that press release as well that back then the the idea was that the whole family was unaware that he was in the closet. But by the time it came out later in 2019, Aggie had already known for years and so had Dee Dee apparently. So they wanted to kind of, they changed it up a little bit so that it was part secret, part already known. I guess so they didn't have to just keep coming out and surprising so people didn't have various to people. Oh my God. Wow. Okay, wow. so 2019, I'm going to do this one. You do 2020. This is a bit of a longer one, so you'll probably appreciate this. Steve picks James up um, in a taxi. And this is the very first scene that James is in. They're at a bowling alley. Steve's doing his taxiing and he takes them to Prima Donna. However, those naughty lads don't have enough money and they try to run away. I can't remember what James's reaction was then, whether he was like, oh no, I think we should really pay. But in any case, they do a runner and Steve, he's going through a bit of a hard time back then, um, chases after them with a baseball bat. But sad, James gets knocked over by a car. So first appearance, he's already flat on the cobbles. Not a good start to his time in Coronation Street. Hello, he's pretty much okay. Hello? Ha oh, oh, oh yeah, that, I thought hello. that sounded like he's hello. okay. Although, I oh, meant okay. to say, he's pretty much all right. He and Steve go to the, the streetcar's office. They make up. Um, Steve, by this point, has recognised him as being a player in the Weatherfield County youth team. So he kind of just... And he kind of stays there for the next four years. He becomes a bit of a James fanboy, doesn't he? Just Steve's a little bit anti-him, a little bit cringily. I'd want my money back. Obsessed by James. Why? Well, because it, where's my money for, my, for driving you to Prima Donna? He probably gets it at some point, I don't know. So the following month, the Baileys move into number three Coronation Street. So that had been Emily's house, hadn't yeah. it? And, um, and Norris, and I think, got stayed secret. there for a bit. They have got... Did they? Yeah. What was their secret? Oh, why have they moved to this dump? Oh, yeah, because they used to have a bigger house, didn't they? Yeah, because we, um, we got to see their bigger house. It was lovely. Yeah, James, uh, not James, But since Ed their fortunes have turned around, problems. surprisingly, yeah. they seem quite reluctant to move back to a bigger house. Weird. Yeah. So, um... We, we get Mummy's to see... they've got to feed all these bloody adult <laughs> children and keep we... leaving paperwork and children all over the place. And we get to see how protective Ed and Aggie were of James because it was, it was around the time that they moved in that they found out about him getting hit by a car because he and Steve kind of agreed to keep it quiet. And they're like, you're putting your bloody career in jeopardy here. You, you're a promising upcoming new footballer. Stop getting chased by baseball Stop bats and hit by over. cars. Thank you very much. Hope that's the last time we see you in... And any kind of medical um, emergency Trouble. during the next the, your your years on the cobbles. Anyway, um, there was also, if you remember, a funny little storyette in the first few days where he gets into a battle with Claudia next door over the music. Do you remember? Yeah. And don't they knock a hole through the wall or something? Because yeah. they're renovating number three because it was completely different back when Emily um, owned it. I think what happened was Ed was going off of the floor plans of what the what the um houses were supposed to look like but Maybe. in reality of course <laughs> they they don't actually exist in time and no, space as not. humans understand it they do not so he was just uh misguided there and knocked through the wall and i think i remember claudia and amy yes they're playing the violin through it weren't they to try Excellent. and wind them up and um it and worked uh, yeah, and Aggie, that was playing What's on the chopsticks to Amy? and everything. I don't know where Amy is. Playing the violin. Yeah, she'll, she'll still bring it out on special bring occasions. Bring it out, I'm bring sure. it out. Let's have a little... So, um, before Listen. long, um, James has got a bit of a fan club on the street. So, Michael arranges for Tim, Steve, Kevin and Jack to go on a tour of the football grounds um, to you know, ingratiate themselves to the, to the new neighbours. But James isn't particularly happy to find out that Michael is profiting from it. I think Michael kind of puts himself forward as James's manager or something like that, or his agent or something, because he's... Um, and well, anything for a quick Michael's book. story at the beginning of the Baileys was that he was a entrepreneur. Mm. But they've forgotten that he ever... Yeah, kind of unsuccessful. Well, I mean, they occasionally bring a reference to it, don't I, they? I, I just the like Baby Grows online I, the other year. I liked his app that was applause. Yeah, the one-handed applause app. There was a little story where... Um, Evelyn overhears from James that um, there's players in Weatherfield County off six, so she uses it to, to take advantage and to start taking bets about the Weatherfield games. So there's a, a little bit of, uh, of doing stuff with the other cast before they rein themselves back and become a lot more insular. Um, and then we also find out later that year that um, Ed does have a bit of a gambling addiction still. It's resurfaces and James lends him a bit of money. Other bailers are not very happy when they find out about that. Because, yeah, James, as 
an up-and-coming footballer must be earning a, a pretty penny, which well, makes it even weirder as to why he's still living there. Although I suppose it, no, but if he is only like 18, 19, maybe he can get away with it. But if I were, if I was him, I'd be like, I'm getting my own pad in the Weatherfield Keys, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so this is when, um, not long after this, he starts to be involved with some of the girls on the street. So he becomes friends with Emma... Um, and there was a nice little story actually where after Emma's dad dies, he manages to get her into the stadium to scatter her dad's ashes because he was a massive Weddy County fan. Do you remember that one? Yeah, there was she could like... have just gone to a match and watched it and then just chucked it. I don't know whether that if you go to a match, they like body scan you for urns. Uh, I don't think they do at Weatherfield <laughs> County. I don't think so as well. They don't look particularly um, technologically proficient there. Um, yeah, but I think... There was this like James James's entry pass didn't was it had expired or something and the guy on the was, door um, wouldn't let him in so that they end, so they ended up sneaking in and oh I don't know but anyway that was kind of nice hi Jinx yeah and um, then um, we have Ed's fifty fifth birthday and he and Michael encouraged James to invite Bethany around and remember at this time Ed and Michael have no idea um, that James bats with the other team so um, he ends up. Um, yeah, he, he invites her there, but she says, no, it's all right, thank you very much. I don't want to go to your dad's 55th birthday party. I'm cool than that. Yeah, why would you want to go to But somebody's... she does agree to go with a drink with him. Um, for a drink. The, for, what did I say? You said she agrees to go with a drink. With a drink. Like, I'll him. come to your dad's birthday party <laughs> if I've got to be totally loaded. Um, the thing is, around this time, this is when she'd also been showing a real interest in Daniel. So she's she's not really that interested in going out with James anyway. Um so James ends up comforting Bethany because Daniel's rude to her about something or other, I don't know. But when she leans in for a kiss with him, and this is around the back of the Rovers, I remember, he pulls back and that's when he announces he's gay. Oh no. Oh yes. And she's like, oh my gosh, I had no so, idea. hang on. So did, we didn't know this as I, viewers. I don't, I don't know what we knew. Unless we listened but, to them. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. I, I don't know whether it's been announced on screen beforehand but because there was this big song and dance about it when the family came in there can't have been many viewers maybe that didn't realise it was gay before then but anyway Bethany certainly Bethany didn't, didn't know <laughs> and she's like mega embarrassed rushes off and she's like I'm not keeping your secret I'm just getting out of here so he tracks her down back to the flat and then starts opening up about just how many problems and prejudices he has to face he's gay he's black um, he's a footballer. Some people, people might, are don't so like rude football. about footballers. So well. Um, anyway, she starts to understand, comes to and, and agrees to be his cover girlfriend. So I thought that was a quite interesting um, uh, way for the story to go. But it kind of kind of dribbles into nothing, doesn't it? She because she, the, the, this is around the time around the Christmas where she's properly getting more and more into Daniel, and they they just didn't really end it as far as I remember it yeah petered into nothing yeah but anyway Michael is listening in on this conversation so this is how he finds out that his brother is gay and he goes up to James like is this, is, is this true what I ever heard and James says yeah I'm gay you've heard it now no point trying to deny it anymore so now the whole family knows apart from Ed but James is really worried about his dad reaction because he's heard him laugh at jokes about gay people in the past and he's like well is he homophobic so they agreed to keep it quiet for Ed for the time being. Um, there's an almost, um, there's, he, he almost um, gets outed, I guess, towards the end of the year because uh, one night he, he goes to a club, gets drunk, stays with this guy called Dan. That's not Danny, by the way. He just, just, a diff- he just really likes... Li- and it's not Daniel Osborne either. No. <laughs> he just really likes being stories with people called Daniel. Anyway, he realises he's left his phone at this bloke's house and panics that Dan's going to show up at the football club to return it to him. It's like, oh, is this... I've got, I got James Bailey's phone here for you. He left it in my house last night. It was, it was in the day. bed. You know what I mean? But anyway, he doesn't. Dan texts Michael from James's phone and the phone is given back to James in the Freshco car park. So everything okay there. Apart from for Michael, because this was the time that they go to Freshco's and he notices Grace with Tiana, and that was that character's introduction. Whoa. So there we go. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, that's all going on there. Bethany's still being a cover girlfriend of sorts, but yeah, she's really just mooning after Daniel. He's trying to set her up with like other teammates as well, but she's like, no, not interested. I Only don't want to be a wag. For Daniel Osborne. I want to be a tag. And 
What's that? No, hang on. I always get that wrong, isn't it? Because wife and girlfriend just yeah. means wife and girlfriend. Yeah, teacher's wife and girlfriend. To wag. There's no point. 2020, <laughs> Gemma, the year of COVID. What did that mean for James Bailey? Well, he nominates Aggie for the Weatherfield Golden Heart Award for trying to save Robert Preston's life unsuccessfully. Yeah, so they um, found him. That, that was that was a drama at Christmas for the Baileys. Robert Preston bleeding out on the street and Aggie going, don't worry, I'm a nurse. Oh, oh he's dead. Now I can do, Chuck. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and because of that, James thinks, by gum, she deserves to be awarded for not saving this man's life. Yeah, I mean, if you got a prize for every kid you didn't teach out of speak French, <laughs> we'd never be stop going to ceremonies. Yeah. Okay, so um, he, uh, James, and Michael encourage uh, Aggie to get back into nursing because <laughs> she wasn't. What was she doing? She was, she was a, pharmacist a pharmacist at the but beginning. She did, she did want to be a nurse because she killed a man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they were like. Tell you what, Mum, there's a whole lot of hospital stories coming up in the next few years. Yeah. And considering in that every you department. are incredibly diverse at your specialities and you can do anything, yeah. they're going to need you. They're gonna, we really need a nurse character on this programme, yeah. so I think you should do it. Then James's ex, Danny Tomlinson, turns up in Weatherfield. He had been... Um, working with Ed as a builder. I, see, I forgot about this. I didn't remember Danny this is a at builder. All. No, I can't see that. Because Ed, Ed's known him for years, hasn't it? Well, they both have. But unbeknownst to Ed, James and Danny had been dating before. Yep. So Ed is surprised that Danny had split up with his girlfriend and come out. But he supports him anyway. And then he unwittingly reintroduces Danny to James. Yeah, he's like, oh, do you remember Danny? He used to work like, with no. me. Do you remember him? And he's like, oh, no, I maybe, I remember maybe. him. They have a secret kiss in the bistro kitchen when they get some time alone, because now Danny's working as a chef. And Danny says, "This is you should come out to your dad because he was supportive of me. And yeah. isn't it difficult? Yeah, he's clearly not homophobic. He said he was cool with me being gay. After nearly getting caught in bed together by Ed and Michael, Danny urges James to come out to his dad again. And so James does. Tells his dad, and his dad gets really upset because he was the last to know. I thought that this period was, like, kind of bad for Ed because he doesn't react well. And I get, you know, for the drama and everything, you don't want everybody to have the perfect reaction. But I remember at the time thinking, ooh, this isn't a good look for Ed. How's he going to come out of this one? I know, but I found it quite refreshing in a way because I think that sometimes... Um, people can brush under the carpet how difficult it is. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, and act like, oh, everybody accepts you, nobody cares if you're gay or not. It's like, actually, they do. Um, so the fact that Ed didn't react and, like, bake him a cake... Um, <laughs> That's well, the typical reaction. <laughs> That's how you do, isn't it? <laughs> so um, he then accuses Danny of corrupting um, James... James. And he has, and James has a go at Ed and calls him a homophobe. And then Aggie tries to convince James that Ed's reaction was down to having a process, everything all at once. And so they kind of like agreed, agreed to be civil with each other. And then Danny tells James he wants to finish with him because he can't go out with somebody who, even though he's come out to his family, he's still in the closet because of um, his job, because he worries about what will happen if he comes out if he as being a gay footballer. Mm. So James accuses Ed of putting Danny up to this to to break it off with him. Danny agrees to be friends with James, but then he accidentally <laughs> tweets something on social media that's supposed to be a private message. I, I, I remember about being baffled being at gay. the time about how this happens. We meant to DM him something, but accidentally added him in a tweet. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, look, things like this do happen, but... Things like that happen, but I, I don't, don't know, know whether you, that look, actually happens. Well, okay, so... Maybe it works differently in Weatherfield. So, James gets summoned by his boss, and he denies being gay, and then Ed is pleased that James done, did this, because it means he's putting his career first, and then Danny's like, screw this, I'm going, I'm going to live down south, I can't be bothered hmm. with... Um, with being treated like this. Yeah, so this is it was around this time that we were kind of really investigating on the podcast. Um, what does the it difficulties. mean to be a gay footballer? Yeah, and, and, and I just remember at the time being absolutely flabbergasted by the fact that so few gay footballers were playing in the Premier League. I mean, back at the time, there were no openly gay footballers in the top four divisions in the UK. Um, apparently in, of over 5,000 professional football players in the UK, only two of them had come out as gay. And we were reading things like, you know, that the managers were advising 
players not to come out, saying it was a bad look for the club. Um, well, I don't know that. I don't know. Well, maybe they were saying that, but they were probably also saying you're going to get completely roasted on social media. Do you not think it's hard enough as it is to be? A yeah, and, and there was a huge. There was, and I guess still is problems with homophobic abuse at the at the stadiums and everything. Now, in two thousand and seven, homophobic chanting was banned by the FA, but that that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. There'd been a couple of. Um, notable gay footballers in the past no mostly it's mostly justin fashion who isn't it who um came out in 1990 but he ended up dying by suicide in 98 after being accused of sexual assault while he was in america so i think the john fashion foundation i think justin. it's called justin sorry fashion foundation um are is now kind of like a charity that supports closeted i guess gay footballers what but... so they got two people well no no there, there were there were there are no, there, there are secret people i know because oh, okay, having okay. done a bit more reading recently that have got in touch with this the john justin fashion new foundation and said i i don't want to come out what what do i do oh, it's horrible yeah uh, and having to like just the mo- one of the most basic human things of like i love this person you mm. can't say anything about it because yeah. you are um gonna be yeah. Attack. And it's also like sometimes um, physically. You know, lot lots of football as well didn't want to associate themselves with homosexuality as well because they just thought it was a bad look and the fans wouldn't like it. Like in um in twenty ten there was this FA video discouraging homophobic chants. They had to postpone that because apparently they couldn't find any footballers that wanted to take part in this video that what, because it'd be, be yeah to say don't do homophobic chants yeah, twelve well, years ago yeah I think it's only really recently that celebrities have come out and so, kind of thrown support behind things that can cause you to become a target yeah um like mental health issues as well as sexuality and um, mm. sexual orientation and things yeah. like that so. yeah um in twenty twelve that was when Liverpool FC were the first Premier League club to be represented at a Pride event. It's just crazy how late these things have well, happened. I know, and but again, just we are not trying to pretend that we are experts on this. We just learned as we as we, we went. Were, we were, we were all learning about this as we, we went. We don't have to suffer no. the same kind of. And things have progressed since then, but issues. it really does seem baby steps. So um, earlier this year, uh, I'm an, an ex footballer called Thomas Beattie came out. Now, he was British, although he's only played for foreign clubs. I think he like played for a Canadian club, for a Singapore club. Um, I remember he, this, oh yeah. Yeah, he, he ended up having to leave football because of a head injury he got, but that was also the reason that he came out. He, he said, you know, I, I'm out of football now. Um, so I, can... I, I just want, I, I, now, I can, now I don't need to hide who I really am. But he also said in the same interview that he did with ESPN, if I was playing now, I'd, I'd probably still not be out. Yeah. So, you know, and then... Why would you make yourself a target of abuse? Mm. Um, in 2020, so going back a couple of years before then, there was this open letter put in the, um, sort of published in the newspapers by a Premier League footballer. So this was... He was still anonymous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, do, we still don't know who it was, but he was, he revealed that he was gay in this open letter saying, only my family members and a select group of friends are aware of my sexuality. I don't feel ready to share it with my team or my manager. Day to day, it can be an absolute nightmare and it's affecting my mental health more and more. I feel trapped and my fear is that disclosing the truth about what I think I am will only make things worse. The truth is, I just don't think football is ready yet for a player to come out. The game would need to make radical changes in order for me to feel able to make that step. And it, it went on and on and on. It's really kind of heart-wrenching to read this thing. And uh, and it can't, it can't be... He can't be the only one. That's the thing, isn't Obviously it? There must be not. lots of people that feel in, in, in exactly this guy's position. But uh, for, for many, many reasons, don't feel that they can. Because you get attacked, like, you get attacked for anything in, in football, it feels like. You know, there's still so much racist abuse that, that is directed towards black players. You know, if you could if you could somehow hide the fact you were black, they would all probably want to... Yeah, you're probably right. ...want to hide that because it, it would... It just makes you a target for this disgusting mm. abuse. And we've seen it. It's not just in, you know, in the... Um, stadiums from fans but it's online um i i just i don't know what they can no. and it, and it, and interestingly it's it's in 
among men in football as well because in the in women's football and other and other sports it's it, it seems to be a lot more accepted and there are more openly gay women footballers so it's like it's not seen as a manly thing to do and with football and sports and everything being all about whoa, 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 I'm, I'm one of the lads it just is it's fragile masculinity it really really is but earlier this year we had a pla- a player from Blackpool um, this is back in May called Jake Daniels come out as gay now he's only 17 um, and he became the UK's only male professional footballer to be publicly out the only one in the country and the first to come out since Justin Fashionu so this this was like 30 years after Justin Fashionu came out 32 years you've had the next gay footballer come out and I, I don't know I, I think he's been you know supported by the by the by his teammates by his manager um I, I, I've not read much about, you know, what the general outcome has been or whether he's had to you know, suffer or, 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 or whatever, what the, what's been like in the stadium or anything, because it's been fairly recent that this has happened. So it'd be really interesting to see as the years go on, you know, what is his, what's his story like and will it encourage more think, people to come out? I just don't think that people, are, I'm very, I'm sorry, I feel very pe- pessimistic because... You know, if you were to ask me, are people racist on the whole? I'd say, no, I don't think so. But I'm speaking as a white person, so how would I actually know? But when you look at what people are like, if, you know, and it's not even, um, it's a very small minority of football fans, but they're all, all racist. Are they really racist or are they just shouting something that they know is going to upset you? Mm. You know, I, I do wonder that too. I don't I don't know. It I, don't know. I the it just shock it shocks me and it's embarrassing as well as yeah. somebody who has um you know, football teams kind of represent you in sports to see the fans going up going to other countries or being represented on television and in the media as being racist, homophobic louts. Mm. It's mm. it's just it's horrible and it, I feel also feel bad for football fans who aren't like this because most of them aren't. It only takes a few that's, people. That's, I think that is definitely worth stressing that there is a minority but it's a very loud most and obnoxious minority. Most of the people wouldn't minority. care if, you, if, the, if the person was gay but if I was a gay footballer I'd still be very hesitant mm. and it feels really unfair to force this on people to make it seem like well you just read this thing about Gary Lineker. Well he, Gary Lineker just said I think it was just last week that um with the World Cup coming up in Qatar, he's kind of called for other closeted um, Premier League footballers to come out because in Qatar, homosexuality is still illegal. You so can, why you, would you, you can... come out as gay, Gary? I think no. I think he's saying as a kind of a show of no, this this is wrong. Yeah, I but mean... you go to Qatar to play football and you get chucked in prison for seven years because you're gay. I, d- I don't know. I I've... shouldn't have the World Cup in Qatar in the first place, if you ask me. If, if that's, but, um, it's just so it's awful. Here's my idea. I think that every footballer should say they're gay. Then how do you know who is? Nice just, idea. Uh, just all say they're gay. I don't and think they'd be up happen. for that, all of them. <laughs> then what would happen? People's minds would be blown. Anyway, we, we kind a, of digress am, a little it's bit. It's an I am Spartacus, but it's yeah. all football. Yeah, totally. Why not? So anyway, we we digressed massively there, but it it really is an important issue that just is mind boggling um, how little progress there's been in that that area. But with this this guy earlier this year coming out, maybe it's the start of something, I don't know. And obviously it makes us sound very ignorant that we didn't know this was going on, so... Well, I don't know anything about football. (laughs) I don't feel bad about it. Oh, well, I always feel bad about everything. (laughs) Right, let's get back to what James is up to. So James is still secretly... he's, he's, He's not come out yet no but there there are rumors now circulating because of this message that was hastily deleted but some people still saw it so the rumors are now you know going over time james bailey is gay so he then has an altercation with a fan inverted commas who gives him homophobic abuse and then the manager's like you're not i'm not dealing with this i'm going to put you on a transfer list Mm -hmm. and james is like i don't know i should just quit football altogether He's, he's, not, he's a quitter, isn't he, this guy? He's already <laughs> been spending the whole time trying to get out of playing football. Maybe he doesn't like it. I think he does. I think it's all he likes. So 
then Michael Bailey gets um, abused racially and James defends him because somebody replaces Danny at the bistro and he's racist. And then Ed apologises to James for not being there for him and promises to fully support him from now on. Yeah, this this was kind of the... The Ed coming to terms with it. It was the um the was Stephen the... Lawrence episode, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't remember what I said at the time, but it just feels a bit like Ed realising, you know, I didn't choose to be racially abused and it's just a circumstance of the way I was born. So yeah. my, my son is experiencing the same thing, but because of who he loves and that's not fair, so mm. I should support him. Yeah, which is, a, I guess, a nice way around of doing like... it. And I think we forgive Ed now. I think, I, again... I think that there are too many puritanical people in the world these days who just aren't aren't a- able to let anyone make a mistake or have the wrong opinion. Nobody's perfect, mm. and Ed didn't react in a very helpful way. But he's a human he being. He's learned from the from and the he, experience, he, as yeah, have we, because we've also said silly things on the podcast. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm the only one who gets stick for it. No, no. Right, keep going. Keep going. Then James gets um, homophobic abuse in the changing rooms from a fellow player. Uh-huh. But Tommy Orpington stands up for him and they make this other guy look like an idiot. And he's like, hooray. Yeah, he ends up going out and plays some football and scores some good goals. And kind of that's the end scores of the season. Scores 20 Huzzah. goals. Yeah. In one match. But they were all own ones. <laughs> so he does pretty much nothing else for the next six months aside from getting Sean some county tickets for him and Dylan. And also looking out for his brother because Grace is... Well dodgy, in it? Yeah, the end, second half of 2020, James Bailey is just like, just... he barely appears on the show. And uh, we got to see a bit more of that early this year, didn't we? He's like, it's James for the first six months well, of 2022. It was, diffi- it was difficult too, because we're coming out of COVID and Coronation Street's not, not totally sure how much to admit COVID exists. And uh, they're still running for months on, on air with a skeleton, a skeleton amount of episodes that are filmed pre-pandemic. Yeah, but that so, doesn't mean they can't show James Bailey. Well, yeah, but they can't show do him them. doing football, which is what they wanted him yes, to do. Yes, that's very they true. Didn't they, have nothing, they didn't have anything else for him. No. Yeah. So 2021, they're moving into last year. Um, around this time, Michael is planning to move Grace, dodgy girlfriend Grace, into number three. James is like, I don't think you should do that, mister. James actually has an opinion on something here. Um, because Interesting. Grace had been lying about Tiana's parentage and that massive shock in the autumn yeah, of 2020. So and James is like, hey, watch it, bro. I don't think she should come and live in here. I think she still does anyway. Um, and then, best line ever from James. Yep. He actually says something funny in early 2021. So this was um, this was when Michael had done a DNA test um, on the new baby Glory. And um, and James opens up the the envelope for, for the DNA results, and he says, oh, "It says your fa- It says that Glory's father is Ken Barlow." <laughs> That's like James didn't deserve that line. Come on, I know because that, <laughs> that we spent great. a long time on the podcast going. How would James know about Ken Barlow's reputation? As a... didn't matter, didn't, didn't matter. matter. That really was a been... brilliant line. I but loved honestly, it. That was James' so, highlight. It should have been Steve McDonald. That probably would have been a because bit Ken's better at the really time. Ken's not really notorious for having fathered lots of children. Um, very true, very true. But he is a bit of a... I mean, oh gosh, a notorious what a dog. What a dog, he had children with his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, thought I had to mention that one because it made me Give laugh. Give him a shout out, yeah. Um, James is later told that year that Tommy Orpington is retiring from football and he gets to um, inherit Tommy's number nine county shirt. Ray. Wow, wow, I don't Amazing. understand what That's apparently that very, very good. Um, so, later that year, Danny shows up on the scene again, but sacre bleu, he's moving to France. Je- There's always a place in France. They love English chefs British in France, chef don't they? Because if there's one thing that French chefs say, it's like, oh, the English chef can like, cook so much better than us. I wish I could, I wish I could cook like yeah. they do in England. Yeah. So um, James, tell, <laughs> James tells Michael, look, I, I can never be happy when I'm in the closet, so I need to do something about this. And, and this, around this time as well, photos of him and Danny together at the Bistro, I think, start circulating online. And these rumours that had been sparked like 12 months previously start to bubble to the surface again. So Weathy County decides to hold a press conference. And that is when James publicly announces he's gay. He gives this big impassioned speech. 
supported by pretty much all of the journalists there, I think. And, as you referred to earlier, made reference to, he gave Danny Corrie's first post-Covid kiss. Very lovely. historic. Very historic. Now, um, now he's out, everybody wants to get a piece of Bailey. So this, uh, this gay magazine um, offers him £30,000 to give an interview. And they're like, yes, please. That'd be very nice. Let's go and buy a sports car. And this is where... Um, the, the, the racism story starts coming in because Coronation Street decided to do a um, a story on, um, what's it called? Um, accidental racism? That's not the word. Accidental racial, racism. Racial profiling. That's so what James it was, is like, it? hooray, I've conquered homophobia. But oh no, here comes what, uh, racism. What's the other thing? Oh, oh yes, I'm also black. So he, so he goes out testing this sports car and he's kind of bumping along the street a little bit. But um, they get arrested by this officer called Brody, um, and I know what, what, what an evil man, what a pig, um, and um, so they're, they're arrested. James, um, now Michael kind of stands up to him a little bit. Brody, they have a big argument. They, they basically, do because they're, they're outraged kerfuffle. that they've been pulled over, and the yeah. police are like, "Look, I'm just asking you some questions. How yeah. come? How come you're driving this car, basically?" Yeah. And then in the fracas, James trips over a curb injuring his knee ow I know just like the real James Bailey yeah so he gets a torn ligament and he's told he's never going to be able to play for two more months so James and Michael discover that a video of this arrest has been posted online and they see a load of comments accusing them of playing the race card Um, so he decides to lodge a complaint against the officer uh, at the police station but the case is dropped because he's told well you know there's no evidence that the officer was acting with excessive force so sorry we can't go anywhere and that's completely missing the point isn't it because they were saying no he was racially profiling us but at first whether this was a mess i've got this story was a mess don't want to do anything about it so um and, and it also turns out that Brody had said that the baileys were acting aggressive so he was perfectly um entitled to manhandle them the way he did really um it also turns out we find out that officer craigie craig tinker didn't report that james wasn't driving erratically and this was a little bit of a mess it was confused because he was he was a little bit because he didn't know how to work the car yeah he was kind of stuttering around coronation street but anyway i don't um when craig i wish it had been more clear cut here because i feel it doesn't it's not helpful no when craig asked Brody about this aggression claim He's told, well, you know, black people, they're often oversensitive, oh aren't they? You'll, un- you'll understand when you're older, Craig. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, at, at the time, that's, I remember when James clearly, when James was arrested, racist. right, it wasn't clear cut that, that Brody was being completely unreasonable because Michael did kind of get out of the car, didn't he, when he was told to stay in and, and whatever. But, yeah, he said, no, they, they're oversensitive. And that, that, was the, um, that was the shorthand term for, this guy's nasty. He is a he's, he's definitely evil. a baddie. So after hearing about this, James decides to appeal. Um, Craig, bless him, agrees to be re-interviewed for the appeal. But um, James is like, "Well, thanks very much, mate, but you should have been honest to begin with." So a couple you. of months later, knees on the mend, knees better. James returns to the club. He also finds out um, about around this time about Grace blackmailing Ed and Aggie, and he gives them fifteen thousand pounds. Lovely, very very nice. Um, Did he ever do that interview with the magazine? I don't know. Yeah, he must have done. This is because he got this fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah, That's half gets, of his interview money. Yeah, but he also gets money for being a footballer, man. He does. You're very, very right. So anyway, he eventually right, gets an official apology from the police. Although he's like, well, so what? An apology is still an apology. Police. The police officer clearly doesn't care. There's still um, racism in the force, and it's not solved anything. But he, he does have a little mini victory when Brody comes round to number three, telling James, look, I'm not a racist. And James is like, no, you are. A you, bit, are. Though. <laughs> you are. You admitted at the time, Brody, that you didn't feel threatened at all when you find out that I was a footballer. So there must have been some kind of racial threat. I don't understand what that means. Well, he said... Um, what does that mean? No, he... he went, sorry, maybe I said it wrong. He said he felt threatened, but when he found out that James was a footballer, he didn't feel threatened. So oh, he he's saying, at, "Oh, you're a legitimate I, I did, black person." I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. So um, anyway. Oh dear. Yeah, I have a fun fact for you about I Officer Brody. I bet it's Brody. not that fun. So fun, so fun. 2009 and 2010, 
he appeared in the show and then he didn't appear again for another oh well this time he's just been uh, racist 10 11 years hanging about yeah so he arrested john stape after rosie accused him of attacking her and he took gary windass in for questioning after getting involved in this argument with two guys who insulted izzy in the rovers imagine being so, the actor who plays this guy like hey do you know waiting by the phone it? for a decade do you know you've been in it before do you want to be a racist policeman yeah exactly oh, really? we'll give you a job on coronation street again but you're gonna no, be racist no, like thanks. well a job's a job anyway county are not happy with james causing this massive fuss with the police and james says well you know what there aren't many black managers if any in the football league and um you, what you should be doing actually at weatherfield county is training potential talent to fill the role and county is kind of saying oh, i like your angle son and they say yeah you can study for management coaching what good, happened with that, Good job James? he did that, isn't it? What happened there? I did wonder, I mean, well, we both did at the time, whether that would be James's, you know, maybe get, get out of football card. Free. Maybe maybe he got confused and went to coaching management classes instead of management coaching classes. Maybe, because he did end up being and, the coach, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sad times. Danny's still hanging about, by Danny's the way. Like, you he know didn't what? go to France. That career in France went down like a lead balloon. Yeah, yeah. And um, but he gets a chef's job in London at the end of 2021. Initially turns it down, but James is like, "No, don't do that. If you turn it down because of me, don't. This is a great job. Get go for the position. You know he there does. are no restaurants in Manchester. Go, go exactly. to London. Um, and and they agreed to try like this long distance relationship. That's great. And, um, it's fine. And then we don't ever see Danny again. But no. apparently <laughs> it's it's fine. We here in 2022. They're still they're still going steady. Speaking of 2022, he doesn't really do much for the first eight months of the year, except for play some football with some kids and enjoy that. When when Ed gets electrocuted at the hotel, James makes a token appearance by his bed. Literally, I think it's like the the writers were writing it like they're, they're looking through. I don't know. Looking through the cast cards and they're like, oh, this one's fallen in the floor. Oh, James. Oh crap! Yeah, back on the probably back on the thing. What should we? But what should we do? Football. Gay or black? I, I don't know. What story can it be? Oh, God. It's football, isn't it? This He's is back making playing. me so uncomfortable. It's, it's, that's the so, problem, though. They, okay. That's all they had for right. him. Right, James gets um, a roped into the Rovers charity football team because a bunch of other people drop out for various reasons. And then he has another issues-based storyline when he collapses, <laughs> collapses during the match because he has a cardiac arrest. Doing, due, due to undiagnosed cardiomyopathy. Now I know that lots of people are. Well, there was there were a few people on, on our Facebook group who were saying this is all wrong. This isn't what happened. They didn't. That's not correct. Etc. Etc. I'm sorry. I don't know enough about it to say anything to do with the uh, with what how they were treated it or what they described it as and etc. That's just what they said in the show. Yeah, and, so he, and it was a, it was an issue story, but I didn't feel I really learned very much about undiagnosed well, just, cardiomyopathy. I in think that it was story. more. I don't know if it was an issues based storyline so much as a oh, do you remember when this happened to that bloke? Yeah, this other football. Do you remember that, that Danish that? guy? Do you remember? He in the middle of the match. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he gets an ICU fitted. What does that mean? It's just like a special machine that checks his heart out. And he says, "Don't play football anymore because but last he time you did that. it, that's what he's told." Yeah, last time you did it, you nearly died. Remember? And he's mm-hmm. like, "But I love football." And like he's like, "Oh no," but his club say, "I don't really want you to play football because you might die." And so we're going to rip your contract up because you are crap at football now. And James gets mad, but then he reluctantly retires after DD gets him uh, a nice big payout. And then, and then, um, just just as luck would have it, Shane is like, "Do you know what you could do after you have been a professional football player and um, faced so many challenges and overcome so much?" Um, only only to have everything just stripped away from you because of some kind of undiagnosed medical condition that you have no control over why not just flip it all around and be a teacher but a football teacher yeah and uh, also Lily Lily. everybody knows that Lily likes football Lily's like the most promising young player in Weatherfield and if you don't agree it's because you're sexist yes James so so teacher how to do football Mm. and he goes right kick the ball forwards always forwards except sometimes backwards and also the offside rule and she goes wow now I know everything there is to know so he says this was bloody easy I'm going to be a football teacher all the time now if um, only there was a job going for some for us, somebody want a football coach. Ronnie What's says, that, Ronnie? Ronnie says, guess what? I know a football coaching 
place. But I bet it's miles away from anybody I know, Uncle no, Ronnie. No, it's not. It's right up the road from your boyfriend. Do you oh, remember him? Right. Danny, why don't you go and do it there? And he's like, wow, but what if they don't want me to do it? Maybe I should apply for a job there. And they go, yeah, all right, we'll take you on. Want to start tomorrow? And he says, yay, I'm going to get in the taxi and drive there from Weatherfield. The end. Bye-bye. That is the end of James Bailey. Nice, quick exit. Positive oh, really exit. Yeah, I told you we could talk about James Bailey for an hour. Easy. He did a lot. He did, and he did some important things. Yeah, I know, but, but still at the end of the day, it's like, what, who is James? Who is James? What is he like? There are so many characters on Coronation Street where you can describe their personalities, but I really don't think... I think you'd struggle with James. He, he was just he was just a walking, Bland. talking issue. That's Bland. the problem. And, and the, the Baileys themselves, when they were, came in and, and, and Corrie were trumpeting, look at us, we've got a black family. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah well, it's 20, he, 2019 Coronation Street. You don't want to be saying about saying that, that you've just too loudly that you just family. got one. But it, it really felt like... And he like, didn't have any charisma as James. James was... No, just he was really, really bland. I found, unfortunately, he was nice, but that's boring. Well, he wasn't even nice, was he? He just didn't wasn't horrible. He, yeah, he was inoffensive. Is about the best as we can say for James Bailey. I'm sure a lot of the uh, 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 a lot of the viewers kind of fancied him. He was a nice looking Maybe. lad. I don't know, but um, they anyway. just there was there was no sadly, as far as I could tell, from me, no charm, no charisma. Nothing particularly memorable, and it was just one issues-based thing after the other. As no, even though I mean he will an issue thing, you know, whenever they bring up you know racism in current or race, sorry, in Coronation Street, or whenever they bring up homosexuality in Coronation Street, he'll get a mention. It does feel a bit like Coronation Street had a lot of high hopes for this. I you know, as a concept, and perhaps they thought that they would have another Haley on their hands whereby they actually influenced policy and maybe, you know, changed some people's minds or helped to, you know, forge the way for... Yeah, because and maybe it could have it done. It could have done, but I just don't... Th- like, I think the timing, they were screwed on the timing because of COVID, and also I just think that James was not a character that anybody cared about no. Or like, if, if they had had somebody who had the same level of interest as as Haley, who people genuinely liked and found her to be charismatic, and she was warm and friendly, and you know all the all the things that we want in a character, and then you know J- James had gone and said, "I, oh, you know what, I am sick and tired of being treated like dirt because I'm a gay footballer. I think it's about time." we changed this mm. and the, you know I think people would have sat up and taken notice uh, and, and, and it would have sparked some conversations but it, did, it just didn't feel like it did no and pair, pair, if they'd have paired him up with another well liked character it, maybe it's the casting maybe it's James. also another thing like I've been saying to do with the Stu storyline now where it's like well it's not a main character I don't really care so the fact that the mm. fact that James was with Danny, who was actually quite, he seemed a lot more likable and and oh interesting God, to know. me than know. than James was. But we didn't know who Danny was, and we didn't care yeah. that much about him. You know, if he had been with somebody who was a more established gay character, and we had seen them struggle to be accepted and cared about their relationship. Yeah, but I wonder as well, like, who on the current cast could have done that? I don't think putting him with Billy, Sean, or They were all too much older. It would have been a bit... It would have felt exploitative and... um, Yeah, even Paul... Yeah, actually, Paul's a good ten years older than James, isn't he? But it could have maybe worked, but I just don't think that any of them are popular enough or big enough that it could have made a difference. Because the thing is, yeah, Hayley was more than just a transsexual, wasn't she? She was a beloved character for... Transgender. Yeah, for, for, for many, many reasons um and it wasn't that wasn't the biggest most important thing about her no she was a lovely caring kind wonderful funny they established her as a as a as having a personality yeah and that's just the one thing they seem to forget about james but But, um, i think that they they put a lot of effort in and i think you know I, i can't i can't knock them for for anything particularly specific and i think it was brave and they you know the actor took on some very difficult. He did. That he really, things. really did. And you know, w- w- the other thing that I think a lot of people f- forget is that when you're fa- when you're the face of a story that's controversial like this, you open yourself up to a lot of stick and criticism, and it's quite brave. <laughs> From people like us. 
No, well, no, from people who are homophobic oh, or racist or whatever, because. you become a target for them to sort yeah. of offload all of their opinions on onto you, and you know, so it can't have been easy for Nathan at it times. It must have I been imagine. difficult to be the face of something mm. such that that stirs up so much hatred in people. Yeah, but anyway, he's gone. We we found out that he was leaving when we were in um in in Manchester <laughs> up in August, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a secret <laughs> that was revealed to us. We had to keep quiet about it for a little while. Yep. And um, and I remember at the time people thinking, is it, is he going to be okay? What's going to happen? He'll collapse and everything. It's like, oh, we know that he's going. Although we didn't know exactly when it had happened. But um, it, he apparently... I honestly think he... it would have been better if he died, but hey. I wonder, maybe, I don't Although know. Although then we'd have all the Baileys being sad, which I can't be dealing with. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, what what was actually really quite sad was Aggie's reaction to James leaving. and Because like, all the other Baileys were like, happily waving him off, saying, yeah, good luck to you and everything. And Aggie seemed like, because she was... He was very much the cherub of the family, wasn't he? Well, he's he was the, the baby. proper, yeah, the, the apple of his mother's is eye. Is Dee the youngest or is it James? I think it's James. Yeah, possibly. I think it is James because he's quite young already. Yeah, Dee Dee was and born Dee Dee in '97 was... around Diana. That's why she was called Dee Dee, or that's why she was called Diana after Princess <laughs> she Diana. She was named Dee Dee after Princess <laughs> Diana. <laughs> she was named Dodie after Princess. Oh uh, God, Dodie no Um Yeah. So anyway, so so that that's been quite sweet, but uh, it seems like. Um, Nathan wasn't pushed. It doesn't feel like very many characters get the old axe anymore on Coronation Street, do they? Well, that's a, that's another topic of conversation. But he's uh, Nathan has gone on record to say, well, when it came to my decision to leave, it was very difficult. It was a tough thing to decide, obviously for various reasons. Going from a place of security to not knowing what's next is scary and a risk. But then also, it was just the right decision and it felt right. I had a good chat with Ian McLeod, the Coronation Street producer, and he understood my decision. I've had some great storylines and I did wonder where my character could go next so I felt it was time to go and do something different for me. There are a lot of similarities between James's departure and my own. He's sad to be going but excited about his future and so am I. Well, nice to know that he's feeling positive about it. Well, um, we we will see as the years go on about um, what the future holds for, I think for, he's for Nathan. Right, in a way, it does feel like they exhausted all of his yeah, they did. potential they, fairly early on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, if you were to have asked me early on in the year, right, you've got to get rid of one Bailey, who's it going to be? Absolutely, it would be James, wouldn't, have been wouldn't difficult it? And I think that would have been <laughs> and similar for lots of people. Although, I mean, Michael's not mega popular, but I, we've, we've always I been like Michael it. I like it. Sorry, but I like the Baileys. I, I really I like, like the, the Baileys. Baileys. I like the Baileys. Um, I just wish that they'd do more with them. Um, I also they're, found they're, out that they're um, doing all right. Yeah, they're, they're, Go they're, on. They're, yeah they're, they're a lovely family. The, 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 the Ed and Aggie dynamic is. Very well, he's a bit mad at her now. Um, he, Nathan was also asked on a press interview they did back in um, in August whether he was whether he took any keepsakes from the set, and he said, uh, "Yeah, he got to take a few pairs of trainers, and of course, his Weatherfield County shirt with his name and his number on the back." I like that. But he said he's not going to be walking around wearing it. I love. I think it's really sweet. <laughs> I, I, I wish. Is. I really don't like doing these where we just crap all over the the character and say we don't care about them, and they think it's boring, but. <sighs> I can't ever pretend. We don't lie. We're not here to just praise everything without... No, he was not an interesting character, but he was involved in some stories that made us think. Yeah. And that's more than you can say for some characters, I think. And, you know, and as far as what they achieve with these storylines, I can't say, I'm not sure, but... You're right. They made people think, especially the stuff about the unconscious bias, uh, you know, to do with, you know, the race thing. Do you think that you're not racist? Well, actually, you you probably are, but you don't realise it. And Mm. is that actually more dangerous in a kind of insidious way that that you're carrying these prejudices and you don't even realise and you won't acknowledge it because you're you're scared of being labelled as a racist so you'd mm. rather just close your ears and not listen yeah, yeah. To, to people trying to tell you that you're, you're reacting in a different way. Yeah. That was really interesting but again just a similar way to, to what we had with Frida people get very defensive mm. if you if you sort of ask them to think and be uncomfortable Yeah. and um, like I said before I, I, find, I find a lot of the topics that get were raised around James in particular are very uncomfortable to talk about because I don't feel like it's my place really. But no, then sure again, we have a responsibility to educate ourselves and to try to listen to people and not shy away from uncomfortable conversations. 
because that's how progress gets made. Yeah, so yeah. it does make me wonder whether this Jake Daniels who, who came out earlier this year had any concept of of the James Bailey story, and because it was only like a few years ago that it made I'm not going to say headlines, but it was it was talked about, and I, I do wonder whether it played even the smallest part You'd have to ask in, him. in helping him come to that decision. I don't know. And I will. If well, I see him, you know, see him down the pub, I'll ask him. It can't have hurt if you if you were somebody who was, you know, a, a gay footballer to hear people go, well, that's silly. Why why can't yeah. you be a gay footballer? I think that's unfair. And and I, I wish that, that it wasn't the case. You know, no. that's not going to make you feel bad about yourself. It's just no. going to make you feel really sad that you're in that situation. Mm. And it no. isn't fair. It's horrible. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope that the the future is bright. So, like you said, I'm maybe feeling a bit pessimistic about I'm gonna say, the speed at which progress will be made here. All, but... all footballers from now on are gay until proven otherwise to me. Fine. And, well, that... and even having a wife or a girlfriend to me is not good enough evidence. And even having kids. <laughs> with no, that, don't believe I you. think <laughs> we'll end our character profile here. One just hour assume, of James just Bailey. Just they're all gay. Got a little bit more out of Kelly last week, but um, it was nice to be able to kind of look back on his time over pretty much everything he did there. And um, and that's kind of put an end to it because I'm not necessarily expecting him to come back. I don't think he'll come back. You never know, do you? Whatever. I mean, Warren Baldwin, did he come back after he disappeared off? Other, Other Coronation Street footballer? Can't remember. Well, David if he dies in no, a if he dies in a car crash in Australia, I'm beginning to suspect there's something wrong with being a footballer <laughs> on Coronation Street. I will miss him for for being a footballer. I think that was fun. I like I like there being this like mini celebrity. I don't. I don't. Think, I didn't like it. I, I it was a bit cheesy. I I, I thought it was sweet and uh, seeing all these grown men look falling over this kind of semi teenage boy. No, it wasn't a teenage. But, that was kind of that was kind of funny. But... And like how how like earnestly like puppy doggish um especially tim and and mm. steve got around him but it was it was all right for a time being but you know i'm i'm not a football fan believe it or not and and whenever they bring it up in coronation street it's like oh this isn't my thing okay really. right then just imagine he was in the quidditch team oh great i understand it now <laughs> right we need to we need to go we need to have our dinner thank you everybody for listening hope you enjoyed that we'll be back this weekend with more right in what do you think street chat tell us about james bailey yes did we mess did anything? his story affect you in any way do you feel um do you feel like uh did he represent your experience too harsh about um do you how feel, he was yeah how do you feel about him let us know right in that's, That's it. it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. The music for this episode came from podcastteams.com. Bye.